This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jank E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. I know you're all used to our light, fun, and comedic tone over even the most serious of stories, but our top story this week has hit on something too serious for that. Which is really saying something with us. I know I've made several jokes about our top stories being generally unhappy, but that really was not meant to be a challenge. Neo-Nazis should never be in a position to come up on this show. It starts with famed magic artist Seb McKinnon. He's well known for his dynamic and unique art stylings and is one of the only artists to get his very own secret lair. He's held numerous successful Kickstarter campaigns involving his art, blowing through the goals set for each campaign in what felt like no time. But he felt the need to attend an anti-vax protest rally held in Victoria, B.C., Canada on the last weekend in January. He purports to have taken the vaccine himself, but is against the concept of mandates, which is a topic for a different sort of podcast. It's not just his attendance at the protest that's drawing heat. That would be bad enough. But the protest rally was put together, organized, and attended by several known hate groups, including subsets of literal, actual Nazis. Which is just what we need. Nazis in MTG. Numerous people have asked him, but he has refused to state that he didn't support the Nazis involved. Not that it would mean that much if he did when he's attending their events. He didn't even acknowledge that there were Nazis involved, despite numerous photographs showing that they were there. And the fact that they, you know, organized it. Needless to say, this has become quite the disappointment for a large number of community members. Yes, it's always so lovely being Jewish in the modern world these days. Wait, you're Jewish? Have I not mentioned that? You have not. Well, now you know why I get jumpy every time the modern Nazi movements come up. And why you put away our comedic tone. Yes, and that. All right, serious interlude over. Thankfully, our news this episode isn't all gloom and doom. We've just finished up spoiler season, which means new and returning mechanics and themes to talk about. Diz, what have you got for us? Well, Cenk, I've got a heaping helping of mechanics to go over, so let's get started with Reconfigure. We've seen artifacts previously that can turn into creatures, or equipments that can transform into them like Elbrus the Binding Blade, but now we have artifact creatures that are also equipments. By paying the Reconfigure cost, you attach the creature to another at the same speed you would normally equip, and it loses its creature status while attached. So, a sort of reverse and better version of Bestow from the original Theros block. 
Excellent analogy kit. One key note for reconfigure is that you can also unattach the card, unlike typical equipment. The second mechanic we'll see is the keywording of changing creatures modification. If a creature has an equipment, counter of any type, or aura, it is officially modified. You know, I couldn't come up with a better name for that if I tried. This one is right on the nose. Or wherever auras live on a creature. I always thought they just hovered in the air around them, causing them to glow brightly with the burn of the mana. Subcards will have abilities relating to being modified themselves or to other permanents you control being modified. This looks like a versatile ability we'll see in future sets as well. The third mechanic is one we know well in advance was returning, ninjutsu. For those unfamiliar with it, ninjutsu enables a creature to be cheated in from your hand if you have an unblocked attacker. The next returning mechanic is sagas, but they come with a twist this go-around. On their third chapter resolution, each saga is exiled and returned transformed into a creature that relates to the story told by the saga. For example, the Kami War returns as Okagachi made manifest, referring to the chief Kami. Hopefully it's less angry this time since its baby isn't kidnapped anymore. Well, if it is still angry, it wasn't important enough for the story. We still have one more mechanic left, right, Diz? That's right. This time for the Halls of Abilities long past, Channel has returned, though not quite as abusable as its namesake card. The Channel ability allows you to pay a mana cost and discard the card from your hand to get a different ability. So, it's like if Kicker and Madness had a baby? I told you every ability is Kicker. Well, even if it is, it's time I kick it back to you all. Kit? Thank you, Diz. We'll take a super quick break, and when we return, we'll have news about new Wizards collaborations, a president named without election, and more. Do you like EDH gameplay? Do you support the Trevor Project? If so, have we got the event for you. February 18th and 19th, Children of Alara will be hosting a charity stream over both days, featuring Michael1916, Zach White, Chris Von Doom, Tap That MTG, Harmless Offering, Beth Queen of Cardboard, Janky as heck, and more. Come on down to watch at twitch.tv slash children of Alara. Donate to a great cause. Watch people play big goofy spells. February 18th and 19th. Twitch.tv slash children of Alara. Welcome back! February 2nd, we witnessed a dark magic ritual elevating Cynthia Williams to a position of supreme power over Wizards of the Coast, dictating the future of magic with her very will. Kit, are you quite sure that's what happened? Well, we know she wasn't elected by shareholders, so how else would she have come to her position? As much fun as that would be for the story... We're not one of those news stations who doesn't fact-check their stories. What actually happened is a typical business move. The Hasbro board appointed her as the new Watsi president, with Tim Fields named as the vice president. Are you sure? 
That sounds much less realistic. Less realistic. Well, how can someone run a company full of wizards without being one themselves? And a powerful one, otherwise the other wizards would eat you alive. Getting back to the story... Ms. Williams comes to Hasbro from Microsoft, where she was general manager and vice president of the gaming ecosystem commercial team. Mr. Fields comes freshly leaving the CEO position at Kabam Games, a highly successful mobile gaming system based in North America. Hasbro president and COO Chris Cox expressed his optimism that this move will be highly beneficial for both WotC and Hasbro as a whole. Ms. Williams expressed her excitement at being brought onto a company with the history that Watsi has. We here at WNXS News congratulate both of them on their new positions and look forward to their involvement. Our next story. In a new partnership with yours truly, Wizards announced a new way to experience Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. A visual novel also known as a telltale game, appropriately titled Kamigawa, a visual novel, released on February 9th. The visual novel will let players be in the role of an imperial samurai, progressing through the storyline to discover bonded kami and make decisions that change the outcome of the game. Games of this nature have been successful with other IPs, so there's no reason to think this one won't also be successful. As long as it's not like the last role-playing game that Magic produced. The one that disappeared into the Mana Vortex? Yes, that one. So how long until they mix other IPs into one of these games? Please don't even joke about that. The game also lets you explore the plane of Kamigawa, meet some famous characters, and really make the experience your own. We look forward to seeing the player reviews. Funnily enough, this isn't the only partnership Watsi showed off between our episodes. Indeed it wasn't. The popular Vocaloid software character Hatsune Miku got to join the fun of Neon Dynasty by singing Connect by MWK. Of course, she's not a character on the plane itself, but she does seem to fit right in with the new environment. The song released February 3rd, but most of the reactions seem to relate more to the fact that we're not getting a Miku Secret Lair or Universes Beyond crossover than the actual song itself. In fairness, considering how Secret Lairs and crossovers usually get handled, it wasn't the worst conclusion to jump to. No, all things considered, it wasn't. But with the Kamigawa Arena open on the horizon, as well as some other events between then and now, we will jump over to ISO to hear all about them. ISO? Thank you, Jake. Fresh off the qualifier weekend for the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty Championship, we're preparing for a big weekend later this month. February 26th not only hosts the Arena Open, but also the Season 3 Magic Online Championship Showcase. Eight players will compete for their share of a $70,000 prize pool and an invitation to participate in the Neon Dynasty Championship. We don't yet know the makeup of the Showcase Tournament, but the competitors will be the winners of four Showcase Qualifiers, two Showcase Opens, and two Leaderboard Invitees. 
fifth to eighth place will earn a $5,000 prize, with third and fourth taking home $7,500, second place walking away with $15,000, and the first place winner taking the remaining $20,000 and the championship invite. Jank. Thank you, ISO. We'll take another break, and when we return, we have a news brew segment and some shipping delay information. Howdy, friends. It's your good friend Frank here, back with Frank's Used Card Emporium. I finally beat the rap and got out of that lawsuit with the Azorius Senate. Thank you, Orzov. I will never doubt your lawyers or your law keeping again. Well, just in time for your brand new Kamigawa Neon Dynasty cards to come on down, then trade them in for some of these great Pharos Beyond Death staples, or even your Fallen Empire's cards of your dream. Now, unfortunately, due to nonsense with the Azorius Senate, we had to move on down where not only the 10th Street Market anymore, we, we're kind of a mobile emporium now. Don't worry, though, you'll recognize us at the mere sight of us. Come on down to Frank's Used Card Emporium. Now we'll head over to the brewery for another news brews. Who's joining you this time, Jank? Well, this edition of News Brews, I am joined by Michael1916. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Glad to be it here. Is, it is our absolute pleasure to have you. Uh, Michael, before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and how you interact with magic? Uh, well, I am Michael1916, usually found on Twitter and or Twitch as of recent again. Uh, I interact mostly by trying to be a uh, community aid, uh, trying to help other people do what they want to do with magic. And sometimes I get the chance to actually play the game with those people, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> that's that's usually the, the important part of the gathering aspect. <laughs> Very <Okay>. much so. <laughs> So you brought us an EDH deck to uh, whip up today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? All right. Well, um, following a theme that seems to be present here, I am the uh, the head cook, and then the assistant cook is a uh, Krufix, the, the Prophet of Horizons. Horizons. <laughs> God, God of the Horizons. Sorry, Krufix, Prophet. You know EDH. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the prophet's been banned for several years now we're safe from profit now we just have dockside to worry about <laughs> we can still hope <laughs> i do miss the prophet i won't lie i do miss her um okay so tell us a little bit about the meat and potatoes of this deck so the meat and potatoes i would say for the most part is actually the smaller creatures and the ramp package so basically just getting in to having all the extra mana to do whatever we want to do later on it's not really a control deck it's more of a value deck but we want to have a lot of value really quick that makes sense considering the colors 
Okay. Uh, so what are the veggies that get you to there? Where, what are your support cards that just kind of fuel your strategy? Uh, so we've got a little bit of a mixture because we don't want to get hard locked out by anything like we don't want to have everything be artifacts or everything be mana dorks. So we've got a little bit of dork, a little bit of sacrifice creatures like Steve's in the deck, Hedron uh, Archive for the possibility of ramp or card draw if need be, and then a couple of uh, four mana spells for uh, ramping up like uh, Nature's Will and Sky Shroud Claim. Okay. So uh, tell us, like, how do how do the pieces work together? What is it that you normally try to drive to? What would you say the win con is for it? Uh, the win con is actually varied. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if we're locked out, if we're locked out of combat, we have Aetherflux Reservoir, mm-hmm. which usually with our combination of spells and our ability to replay some of them gets around most uh, combat locks or stacks that is not uh, anti-storm stacks. But yeah. as for uh, as for winning by turning creatures sideways, we've got a, a pretty wide choice from, um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, Uvenvald Hydra, Wormcoil Engine, Kozilek the Great Distortion, Avenger of Zendikar, and uh, Nissa who breaks the world. <laughs> So big, usually dumb, those goofy. will get the job done. <laughs> so some big, dumb, goofy beaters yes. that turn sideways and also bring in smaller, goofy beaters. <laughs> yes. And if those aren't enough, we have uh, Agent of Treachery to try and take some things, and If That Betrays to ensure that we take some things. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, that's not a two card combination I would have expected for this particular deck. Um, so yeah, I I do have to ask why specifically it's, a, it's definitely built a little different. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I do have to ask why specifically Crufix, uh at the helm of this deck. What I, I know you want to get as much value as you can as quickly as you can. Is it just there to be a mana sink, or is there an ulterior motive? Uh, it's a, a bit of mana sink, but it's also a. Uh the colors are right and it lines up well and it's always nice to have an indestructible god as a backup plan to whatever else you're trying to do that's true surprise voltron is the best voltron indeed also (laughs) the uh the maximum hand size thing kind of comes in handy pretty frequently if you uh play your spells right yeah i know that that definitely sounds like a good benefit as well um all right, so what would you consider your personal spice or your personal sweetness to the deck? What your pet card or cards for this deck? I think for pet cards, things like Soothsane and uh, Splendid Reclamation are probably the the spicier options for a uh, Simic deck. <laughs> uh, usually, Soothsane only shows up in like hard control decks. Exactly. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with it, like myself, in 100% honesty, what is Soothsaying exactly? So Soothsaying is a one, it's a single blue mana enchantment from, I believe, Mercadian Masks. Oh and my. It's, uh, <laughs> you have, yeah. You can pay three and two blue to shuffle your library, and you can pay generic X, so any amount of generic mana, to look mm-hmm. the top X and put them back in any order. So when you want to do some top deck manipulation to ensure that your draws are exactly what you want them to be, and you have access to, say, you know, 50 mana, you get to look as long as you need to look. Wow. 
Is this what they mean when they say you're brainstorming wrong? Yes. That, that would be uh, similar. <laughs> and uh, what was the other card you said? Splendid Reclamation? Correct. Uh, so Splendid Reclamation uh, returns all lands from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. That would definitely do it, sure. <laughs> yeah. And again, oh, it's one of those things you tend to see more in things like uh, Golgari decks as opposed to Simic. Right, yeah, for sure. Um, so do you, this car, this deck rather, is uh, one you chose for a very good reason. It's obviously very dear to you. Do you have any uh, exceptionally fun or unique stories that you just love to tell about this deck? Um, well, <laughs> yes, but it's a little foggy because it's been about nine and a half months since I last got the chance to play the deck. <laughs> okay. So, had a lot of stuff going on in life, had to move and take care of a bunch of other things. So, everything magic-related kind of got sidelined for a while. Sure. But um, one of them was... Uh, Uh, sorry, I'm trying to. Someone was playing a an edict effect, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm struggling to remember the name of it. But it was basically every player sacrifices kind X of like amount a grave pact or a butcher of Malahir kind of thing. I believe it was grave pact. That that sounds correct. Okay. But um, I I had an it that betrays on the battlefield that I <laughs> had cast that turn. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I will go ahead and sacrifice my, uh, my saprolings here, both of, or like, you know, all five of my saprolings and everyone else was like, Oh, I'll sacrifice my commander. I'll sacrifice my commander. I'll sacrifice, you know, I believe the, the biggest non commander creature was, um, crater hoof behemoth. Oh my goodness! Somebody had actually, yeah. Well, so they'd accidentally cheated out uh, Crater Hoof Behemoth uh, from their uh, a different spell, and they only oh. had like two creatures when Crater Hoof hit the battlefield, so it kind of didn't do anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, on my turn, uh, I ended up, I believe, with fifteen extra creatures that were not mine. Oh goodness. And this was also a spell table game. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so It That Betrays was um, dishonorably discharged from the deck for a while after that game. <laughs> dishonorably discharged. That's... <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is a heck of a... Uh... That is a heck of a way to explain that. And I'm also, honestly, I'm laughing at the fact that you said they accidentally cheated out a crater hoof because it's not a sentence you can hear very often. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember what it was that they did, but they, um, I think it was a, like a top deck manipulation form of, um, was it like Eldritch Evolution, where it's just you reveal creatures or you reveal cards from the top until you hit a creature, and that's the one that goes on the battlefield. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, oh, hoof. It's like, oh, well, and it was like, it was like the very first card they flipped off the top. <laughs> it's like, I mean, this is nice in almost any other circumstance. Um. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
and kind of kind of bit them square on that one. Um, okay, so that actually takes us right about to where we need to be as far as time goes. Um, where can our listeners find you if they want to hear more about uh, your chronicles of moving over the last few months, um, or if they just want to be able to find you to stream? Uh, they can definitely find me on almost every platform that I'm on as Michael1916, which is Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, I don't really have much going on in the way of YouTube. Twitch is starting back up right now. Twitter is incredibly active, and I'm also <laughs> the media manager for the Children of Alara Collective. So you can find me under my own name, at Michael1916, and you can find me with them under the Children of Alara Twitter, as well as their YouTube and their Twitch. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me. The deck list can be found in the show notes. Our final story. We started this on a low note, so let's finish on a low note. Consistency is key in content creation, after all. Yes, but is this the consistency we truly crave? I mean, probably not, but what else can we do about it? Wish upon the multiverse in the name of the color pie for the five mana to fuse above us and grant us better fortune. Is the color pie a genie, then? R&D says it's a fundamental law of nature, so it should be able to grant wishes. So, by that logic, I could also wish upon Newton's third law of motion? If you do, tell me what happens. Anyway, we're sorry to report that due to ongoing supply chain issues, there are even more shipping delays. The Mana Vortex has taken our timely shipping. These delays affect some secret lair orders from the October Super Drop and Kamigawa Neon Dynasty distribution in Thailand. If you are one of the affected Secret Lair customers, you should have gotten an email by now letting you know about the delay in your order. There should also have been a refund to whichever card you used to make the purchase. There is as yet no specific replacement shipping window, but later emails will be sent out to let affected customers know when their order has actually shipped. And, as always, we'll be sure to keep you updated as we learn more. That's all this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.